Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just 25 bucks a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile. Empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four-line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. This lady says, can you guys discuss how the prevailing misogyny in our culture plus phenomena like doodle tala? The Iranians are like, oh, well, I'm a king, so it makes sense that our ruler's a king. <laughs> like, imagine how his mother is. She's like, We're here with Adli, the infamous Adli, my brother. We have Muhammad, who's in Tehran. Oh, with his cat, Gorbe. Yeah. Like, oh, so cute. There or something. What and then with mm. Natalie. So what are you, go ahead, sorry. I'm just starting to ask Natalie all these Oh questions. no, I love like not having to ask questions. What are you so packing for your trip? So, oh, okay. Well, Natalie's going to Aruba this weekend. Yeah. Oh my God. It's such a mess. You don't understand. So basically this is a good segue into part of what one of our listeners wanted us to talk about, which is being in your first relationship and what it's like. I, it, no matter like how irresponsible I am I think boys are always going to be more irresponsible like we for some reason neither of us realize that we probably have to get COVID tested before going to Aruba and his mom was like oh like did you guys read up on the rules for traveling to Aruba and we're like no what rules what like what are you talking about and she's like are, are you guys serious you probably have to like get tested like all these things and we're like what like like, I don't know what planet I'm living on that this didn't occur to me by myself. But then, like, we were reading all these rules. It's like, oh, my God, not only do you have to get tested, but Aruba only, like, accepts a specific type of test. So, like, it, like being in a relationship, I realized, like, it's like having, like, a dumb son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with that, actually. Um, um, but I always thought like there could be nobody who's like more of an airhead and more responsible than I am. And then like I got into a relationship and then I realized there can be into like the conversation about like different types of intelligence, like not you know, you could be with someone who's a philosopher who's like a great mind and, and they're still gonna be not always, but like do you know what I mean? You could be with someone who's like kind of your average idiot, but he'll be really emotionally intelligent and responsible. And then Oh yeah, like he's way more emotionally He's way more emotionally intelligent than I am and like he's also so driven, like he's like running like five different like side businesses right now. Um Right. And then sometimes the way I'm sitting on this leather chair because I'm damaging it. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but he's definitely way more emotionally intelligent than I am. But like when it comes to certain things, like like I never wanted to be the type of girlfriend that had to like push my boyfriend to do things and be like, oh, like you should really be more responsible and you should get this done and blah blah blah. And then like. No matter how much you don't want to be that person, I guess sometimes like other people force you to be that person. So that's how relationships are going so far. But yeah, what am I packing for Aruba? I don't know. Apparently the weather is like your weather in LA, unlike New York that we're like freezing and like below 40 degree weather. Why, why Aruba out of all the islands? Well, we were going to go... We're going to be really basic and go um, to Tulum, just like the rest of the world. 
Um, but apparently to go to Tulum, like you have to drive an hour out of the airport. And we're like, that's kind of like stupid. Like we're only going for like four to five days and it's like spending a whole hour of the day, like that's after the flight. What? <laughs> that, that was just something we you know with your upcoming trip to aruba you know you being a natalie we've just been thinking a lot about natalie holloway the um oh, oh. my god high school Wait, was that in aruba that was aruba yeah oh my god i remember natalie holloway when i think that happened when we millie when we were like nine when she disappeared yeah, yeah it was shortly after 9 11. yeah it was, it was like the next oh my god i remember that wow well thank you for reminding me of something so horrible i mean that's yeah, basically that's why i came on the for. episode was because i'm i'm actually kind of an expert in that whole saga tragedy yeah so like because i told adley like he's like oh what are you doing this week's episode and i'm like oh we're gonna talk about like what's happening with natalie's life and she's going to aruba with her boyfriend and then he was like oh my god natalie holloway yeah and um then it then it uh you know muhammad also wanted to come in to talk about natalie holloway <laughs> we, you know because he's a, a you know, diplomatic ties to <laughs> well, Iran actually yeah, has a very strong ties with Aruba. Um, no, no, absolutely not. I thought Aruba was in Europe. We <laughs> yeah. do you guys part of the Dutch East Indies? Do you guys Sorry, know what? what hotel Natalie was staying in? Uh, uh, Adelie, you must know. Yeah, I was supposed to look this up. Uh, wow, you've completely failed me. <laughs> You're not, you're like Dr. Fauci. Yeah, actually, just an allergist. Yeah, <laughs> not even. Well, I guess like we were talking about how it's peculiar that she was killed by these Dutch men because, like, I didn't like you would never associate Dutch men or like Dutch people with being murderous, so that was, I think. When we found that out, like as a kid, I was confused by that. I was like, oh, really Dutch people? Wait, so I don't even remember what happened in that. They solved it like years later, but like, so yeah. it wasn't that guy. So should we do a refresher? went to the beach with, yeah. No, it was that guy, okay, Natalie, talk- I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, he, he was, was Dutch? It was, it was Van Der Sloot, yeah. Uh, yeah, but hopefully I come back from Aruba and I don't end up the next Natalie. No. And can I, you imagine I, instead I of Natalie Holloway, like, like the 2020 version, Natalie Sanandaji? Yeah, you're you you should. Yeah, we least, need to I feel like at least go missing this. for two at least go missing for two days. Yeah. Oh my god, our Let podcast go, we'll don't get take so your many followers and don't come back. And oh my then, god, we'll probably start uh, making money off the podcast. What? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just disappear for two years. Well, I'll disappear for like two years. You refuse to do a sex tape, okay? You're in a relationship, but you refuse to do a sex tape, okay? So what are you doing for <laughs> the podcast? Nothing. Yeah, okay? you're missing. I'm so sorry. I'm not Kim Kardashian enough for you. But yeah, if I go missing, Millie, I can go missing for like two years, and then you can, when the podcast starts to make money, you can just like wire me money to whatever island I choose to stay on. Well, that's not. Well, I, I would say like three weeks is good enough. Uh, if you want to go missing for the sake of uh, the podcast, three weeks is good enough. You think? Uh, yeah. yeah, two years. I mean, if you want to take a two year off of whatever you're doing, I mean, it's fine, but uh, <laughs> maximum a month. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the longer I go missing, the more like sponsorships we're going to get. Even just like as a like bad back for Millie, like help her find Natalie, like people are gonna start doing GoFundMe's, like yeah, change and then the like word petition. Well, so we received like a strange message on Instagram, and I thought it would be well, you thought Natalie it would be interesting to have one of our listeners read this question aloud. You mean one of our guests? Yeah. So I sent the the screenshot over to you, Mohammed, if you want to read yeah. it out loud and we can kind of hear both of your thoughts on. I do apologize for my bad reading and dyslexic errors. So uh, this lady says, can you guys discuss how the prevailing misogyny in our culture plus phenomena like Dudu Tala 
make men in our community feel no urgency to date seriously and thus treat women with minimal levels of uh, respect and decency because they feel they feel like they can date until quote until I'm 40 and no one will judge me end quote also can you discuss why our culture deems it okay to have 10 plus age gaps between men and women and how this further enables men to act like idiots okay i'll be going to read the rest of the like so I it doesn't end there uh she yeah. also says death to the persian patriarchy and their annoying helicopter moms well that's something my own mother would say my mother does really good impersonations of certain kinds of persian mothers Actually, we should really bring her here to impersonate one in particular. In okay. my opinion, yeah. now so I'm going back, back to, to the message. Yeah, of this of this young woman. In my opinion, in order to dismantle the Persian patriarchy, one must dethrone the Persian mamans. They empower their sons to act like a fool by telling them this nonsense from an early age, and then manipulating their dating lives. LOL. Okay. I'm done. Thank you for listening to my rant. Um, okay, you guys go ahead because my things will be more auxiliary. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that we always get messages. I know like they're supposed to respond because they're guys and it's like interesting that she's saying this about Persian men. We have two Persian men on. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, to this person, like, have you not listened to our podcast? This is literally the premise of our podcast. Like, we, oh, yeah, we, we've got it. I feel so like this many. is all we discussed for the past 50 episodes. I think two episodes ago was our 50th episode, by the way. So, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think we've literally discussed this since episode one. And, like, I remember, like, we really went into it in episode two or three, whichever one Tijuana picnic was. And since then, we just kept going on and on. And like, yeah, and we got like so many messages like this. Persian Girl podcast. So, this yeah. isn't the first time we've gotten a message like this. And it's just like, have you listened to a single episode? Okay, you guys are trashing your own fans. She wrote you guys the question. If you feel that strongly, why are you reading the question? Well, because I, I wanted to have guys respond to it. I wanted to have the doodle tell us themselves. Yeah. Not to call you guys doodle tell us, but like I'm sure you have doodle tell us. So, so I, my initial. Persian okay. Yeah, so I think my, my initial thought is I'm sure this woman is herself going to raise such a son. And the reason <laughs> that when you have a son from a young age, you very much see as a mother of the world a different way, particularly this idea that kind of everyone in the world is against your son. And therefore, you need to make sure that he knows that he's special, because if he doesn't have that high level of self-esteem, then he's never going to try to do anything, whether it's making money or which is probably 90% of what they're thinking. But, you know, the other 10%, he won't even bother achieving greatness. And so they're not so much concerned with the how this will play out in his personality. Hence, I think she would be surprised to know that the mother may be kind of viewing his dating behavior as an externality. But her biggest priority as a Persian-Iranian mom is whether, by the way, from what I understand, looking at um, Sorab Amari's uh, like tweet Twitter account for years, because he, he says a lot about this. Um, I think, Mohammed, you know who he is. He's now a columnist at the New York Post. Um, so yeah, I don't so, so I have not read his things. Um, this is the one who converted. I don't know if it's OK, Sam. Because of the zooms, okay, okay, no, okay. What are you yeah. talking about, Sora? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, okay, no, I just okay, well, okay. Yeah. Like we're talking about a famous journalist, okay, but in Iran is very blasphemous. Well, this isn't being like okay. distributed in Iran. Okay. I mean, if it happens to, that's not it's beyond our I mean, obviously, Mohammed would never do such a thing, but yeah, so Sora converted to Catholicism and wrote a book about it, which has been very well reviewed, um, in, in the blasphemous West. Um, well, if I ever wanted to convert to Catholicism, it would be um, for priesthood so I can get one of those colors. 
yeah and, like <laughs> carry a book and stuff like that i mean for a couple of days it would be a photo op for me and that, yeah that would, well it would be an excuse for like why you constantly are talking so much so but he talks a lot about how for example um iran is a dysfunctional country but iranians really well outside of iran um mm. and, and that's because they have this Shah complex that they're also a king. Um, but wait, I never thought of like calling it that the Shah complex. That, that's yeah. what he calls it. Yeah, that every. Oh, I love that. I want to read this book. Where every boy is born a king, and and he actually says that's why Iran, despite historically being a very advanced and literate society, did not really have interest in democracy. It's because to them, monarchy was the familial unit. So um, the reason it makes sense to have a king, the same way in France, democracy is so natural because they're a very democratic culture in many ways because of Catholicism. The Iranians are like, oh, well, I'm a king, so it makes sense that our ruler's a king. So the, she's meeting or whatever in her, in this listener's atmosphere, there's a lot of these boys, many of whom are people I know personally, I mean, or whatever. Uh, and they have this personality where they're alienated from like virtually everything around them except their own glory. And she sees this as their mother kind of conspiratorially saying, oh, well, because you're my son, I think it's okay that you have antisocial, exploitative, disingenuous, relationships with women on all levels, whether it's because you're avoiding them, whether it's because you're using them for something, right? But I think from this mother and son point of view, they're not even really thinking about that. It's more like these are things that are happening like peripherally and they're just super focused on the son becoming like uh, the CEO of Uber, Darius Khodorash, yeah, who is maybe like an archetypical Iranian CEO because he's like the head of a company that loses like a billion dollars a day, but he seems to be quite happy. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, imagine how his mother is. She's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 mothers against drunk driving president like they're gonna you're gonna teach them i wish my mother was here because she could imitate all of this well i mean also just quickly apologizing if if there's like any blasting music in the background my parents are having a party i guess right now it's like wednesday oh i thought i heard vibrating it's for five people so it's actually four and a half people yeah it's four and a half yeah to meet the we're actually we're not even at our house we're at napa again and we're at the french laundry we actually went yeah to, but maybe didn't want her stalker to with, know we're chilling with gavin newsome and nancy pelosi at <laughs> yeah. the french laundry yeah the french laundry um, so anyway uh, uh, if i want to continue anything i want to like uh tell you about uh, tell everybody about the other side of the coin because uh like at the same time the mom would go to that Dariush and say you can do better if you had done this and that and that one, like, you could have been a, the king of Uber, and probably she would have not understood that Uber. But do you, have a king. do you guys ever think that maybe 
Persian parents like hype up their sons so much because they see it as their only opportunity to retire early because they're like, oh, if my son makes enough money, he's going to take care of me. But my daughter, why do we have to hype her up? She's just going to marry someone and go become someone else's slave. She's not going to take care of us. So like they like hype up their sons so that their sons will make enough money to take care of them so they can like chill. Uh, well, according to what I see and hear, uh, I gotta say, no, that's not the case. Everybody hypes everybody. The, like people hypes, hype their daughters too. And uh, I wouldn't say like misogyny and like the air quote phenomena is, uh, is a prevailing thing. It is just showing up in your communities over there. It is something that is constantly going on here. So probably I'm thinking maybe the um, first generation or second generation immigrants, they're the kind of like feel they got to blend in the society and uh, they don't, they don't want to come out as uh, misogynistic people as, as a people. Um, but then like maybe the third generation and on, they forget. Yeah, while they're keeping the cultural values uh, in the community and uh, misogyny is a part of it. Um, sorry, I'm just so <laughs> between like Gorbe meowing and the music. I'm oh, sorry, I cannot stop no. that because if I put him in the I room, it's, it's so kind of... Yeah, yeah no, it's like good. It. Like these are like ambient sounds. Yeah. It's great. It's, yeah. it's very Persian. So, so, so I guess asking Natalie and Millie, do you feel like your parents didn't hype you enough or treat you like... Uh, uh, Shabunet enough. Um, Millie, you can go first. I have brothers. Yeah, yeah, it's a different thing. Uh, I, I think I was definitely hyped up. Uh, of course, like there are nuances. Like you know, it's not just like being a dulatala isn't just about being hyped up. It's also about like different treatment. But I think like. Our mother, she had like, there was the way she had special treatment for each of us. Like I have two brothers that kind of differed. So there were some areas in which she gave Adley special treatment. And then there were some areas that she gave special treatment for my middle brother. And then like, same with me. So it's, I don't really feel like with any of us, like I'm lacking in something um, there are some things I feel like she could have stressed more when raising me. Uh, like, I don't feel like there was an emphasis on my intelligence growing up, but I feel like maybe she just, and Adley always likes to contest this. It just, it's fine. But it's like, oh, Millie, oh, to like be evil and a bitch. Like no one was, no one was saying I was stupid, but it was like, I was only advanced in being like a psychopath. That was the way I felt like. I was regarded. So anyways, back to what I was saying is like, I, the, I feel like I'm behind in terms of like valuing my own thoughts and my words. And I think that's not just in the Persian community. I think like a lot of women feel that way. That's why like men always feel like not again, not every man, but like it's, you could a generalization. generalize that most men feel like, oh, oh, everyone needs to hear what I have to say. I, I like, you know what I mean? Whereas I'm always like, mm, is it, do I need, does anyone need to hear this? Am I saying anything that important or a value? Whereas even like the most idiotic men are like, listen up. Like I have this groundbreaking thing. Like there are a lot more men with podcasts, for example. Actually, I don't know anything is about that, Is that true? Um, I like is that a fact? news, so... <laughs> But like, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I feel like I was hyped up. I don't. Um, so, so just my speculation on most Persian families I've seen um, elsewhere in terms of the, what I think the hyping means for the daughters, which is, by the way, something, Millie, I don't think you receive, is they clearly have this kind of um, confidence about their 
being like almost a femme fatale. Yeah. So I was, okay. Actually, I don't think I was hyped up. I think I was really loved and I was given a lot of attention, but I wasn't like, there were so many Persian girls I knew in middle school, or that's when I noticed I'm not being hyped up because they could like really look terrible and think they're a God's gift. Like these girls, yeah, they would walk around like they're Lauren Bacall, like they're some femme fatale. And it's like, you are gross. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean, but and not just no like not physically not it's not yeah, physically it's like just... the way their demeanor was the yeah. way they treated people that's what i mean by gross i don't mean oh they were yeah. ugly their face looked like this i mean like as a person i knew a lot of gross persian girls who yeah they really thought they were the shit and i would come home and i would be like I'm like, mommy, how come you weren't, well, how come you didn't tell me? Like, because their mom are constantly like, oh, like all this bullshit. And it's like, no, I didn't receive that. My mom is not like, she's not like that. She's not, you know. I mean, I didn't receive that either. Yeah, I think, I feel like we got kind of a similar thing. Like your mom gave you a lot of attention and like loved you. My mom was obsessed with me, but she also shat on me because she wanted me to grow from it. Like, she wouldn't shit on me because she wants to hurt my feelings. She would shit on me because she wants me to be honest with me and she actually wants me to improve myself. But, like, I can't, I have nothing, I can't really say what my parents would have been like if I had a bro. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. Other, because I don't have brothers, but I can say that though it is a generalization it's not false that like persian families do more for their sons than their daughters or like like i don't know just an example like i've said this in multiple episodes but there was an episode where i mentioned some family friends of mine that threw their son a bar mitzvah but not their daughter because they're like oh for our son it's important but for our daughter like whatever and I had like multiple cousins reach out to me and be like, wow, I can't believe you shat on our family like that. Like, like we care about our sister. Like we, she didn't get a bat mitzvah because of blah, 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 bullshit reason. And I, and like, I, t I messaged them back and I'm like, that story wasn't even about you, but this just proves that like, it's such a common pattern in like Persian culture and Persian families that like girls are just like, I don't want to say looked down upon, but they're just like kind of looked over. Like they're just like kind of like forgotten sometimes. No, Natalie, I think you're just completely mistaken about the, the reality of. I don't uh, think there is one reality. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean the like, larger reality. No, I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying the stakes for, you know, ultimately the, the, the Persian diaspora, whether it's Sweden, Switzerland, or New York, is is really centered around material success, and there's just there's just no uh, for any culture anywhere kind of cultural infrastructure around women kind of taking like a, any kind of self annihilating risk to uh, make the amount of money necessary to generate any kind of status. Um, and what, when you're seeing this kind of like attention to a boy or whatever in, in certain kinds of families and when it's correlated against those who are like with those who are more lower income, it's like they're only shot out of Queens or somewhere that's not attractive to them is not the $200,000 salary of a woman who's a lawyer it's someone making millions and millions of dollars. And um, obviously I'm not trying to say there's not been a ton of women who have done that, like I'm just thinking off the top of my head, this Estee Lauder who spawned a very long dynasty. Uh, but in, in general, when they see the world that way, they know that their daughter going to grad school and getting a six figure income, they're not going to be able to compete with their cousins and stuff. It's just, in terms of just the the higher kind of even when 
I'm thinking of my own childhood with those who were more established and more American than us in elementary school. And you were saying they were kind of already happy with their status. But if you're not happy with your status, there's no real vocabulary to tell your daughter like, oh, I think you should take like a lot of um, really potentially dead end risks with your life and kind of develop this persona where you're willing to maybe go bankruptcy and deal with that and come out of it and all these things. And it's not their fault for not knowing how to inoculate that. They just kind of know is like, okay, to be really rich, you have to do something really insane. And that means I don't know how to communicate that to my daughter. It's not really about intelligence. And they'll be the first ones to say that even more vividly than I do. But it has something to do with kind of like gambling your life. And I feel uncomfortable making my daughter do that, but I'm kind of okay making my son do that. And that's kind of like Mm -hmm. the same thing with like countries sending their sons to war, right? Like, it's like, we're kind of more comfortable sacrificing collectively men's lives than women's lives. But I don't think it's a question of value or a statement of intelligence. I just think it has to do with this idea of not knowing how to communicate the risks and rewards to the girls and that's something that hasn't been able to transition from the industrial oh. era pre-industrial era to today where hypothetically yeah a girl could take risks. it's not going to even affect her marrying what guy cares if a girl declared bankruptcy on her startup that's not even anything you would care about i mean i think it does go back to value but like just quickly um i agree with what you're saying but i don't think that always correlates with why like sons are hyped up more but back to what you were saying, like that it's people are more comfortable sacrificing the lives of men. They're more comfortable. It ha- does have, it goes back to value because the value, yeah, women have more value and how I measure value is in terms of the family and women have the most value in the family. We are the ones who are actually giving birth and we are the ones who are much more influential. We are the ones who you know, our intelligence is the one that passes on to our child from what I understand. Yeah, but women are seen as a burden on a family while I sons are seen as an asset. Because women actually run families, but... No, yeah. what, women run other people's families. That's like, that's where you're mistaken. I women don't, don't stay home and take care of their parents. When parents get old, who do they live with? They usually live with their son's family. Why do you think women always hate their in-laws? Because a woman is always stuck with her husband's parents. Like, I feel like families generally see their daughter as someone who is a burden while she's with them. And eventually, they thank someone else for taking on their burden, while sons are seen as an asset because sons are seen as someone that's going to take care of them in their old age. But that like what I was trying to say from like an objective thing is like that that means that men are actually dehumanized in this process. And I was, again, not speaking from a Persian cultural point of view, but if we're just removing ourselves from that part and assessing what's actually happening, it's that women have much more value here. And that's why they can't send them to war to, you know, Mm -hmm. develop like, you know, become a developer or or whatever that's going to make them their millions and billions um, because they're at the front lines of, creating the next generation that will foster the next thing. And it's like, why do we give so much like value to being successful? Like this is such an American thing. Like, why does that make you feel dignified that like you went and sold your soul and made a bunch of money off of who? Yeah. For what? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, like, yeah, no, I'm you, you go out there and do that. Like, yeah, I am going to get my graduate degree and like chill here. So thank you. Bye. Yeah, the problem I'm is like, the, yeah, yeah, I'll pop out some babies and manipulate them and make them like, you know, d- treat them like the Shah, whatever. I'm down with mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud my mother controls my mind. I don't I, I don't care. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. Like everything I'm saying was inoculated. Like I'm totally fine. Like control our minds, but just do it like do it for, you know, for a good And I shouldn't cause. be in charge of any family. My children would die in like three days. Or, I mean, besides that, I, 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 yeah, you know. I, yeah, even when Adley eats, I'm just like, oh my God, he's not holding it. Like, I was afraid of like your salad dressing spilling everywhere you're eating salad. And I was like, wow, I would be, if I act like this over my brother, God knows how I'm going to be like with my husband or child. I'm just like constantly supervising and chaperoning. But it's like, it's not a burden for me. This is just how I am. It's not like extra energy I have to exert. It's just like, I'm on top of it. And like, that comes 
sometimes with being a woman, of course there are exceptions, but. Um, I'm sorry, going back to what you said, Natalie, about like uh, women being a burden and uh, what they're taking, that they staying with their husbands, uh, parents. Well, from anecdotal examples and uh, from what I see from the culture here in Iran, that is not necessarily true everywhere. I mean, we have all kinds of people. I'm not denying that there are people who are absolutely willing to get rid of their daughters at any point, um, even if it means they marry them to someone while they're still underage. And that happens. Uh, but I'm seeing families uh, with daughters and sons, and they absolutely value their daughters over their sons, but uh, they're overprotective of them at the same time. So they're paying tuition fee, the university expenses for their daughters, but they say, okay, well, you're a, you're a man, go work, earn your own money. We're not going to pay for that. Uh, we're not going to pay rent for you. If you're living in another city, if you can't do it, just go get a job. Don't go to university. I've seen that. Uh, while in the same family, like uh, another parent uh, would like buy her son an apartment, a car, a, uh, I don't, and like all pay for all the furniture, pay for all the expenses while their daughters, they have to actually work and uh, pay their, pay their own rate, uh, rent and get their own car and pay for it for their own gas. And uh, so an absolute example of that doodle thing that happens all around, but uh, it depends like uh, what kind of family you're dealing with. It is not a cultural norm here that you got to get rid of your daughters. But at the same time, actually, like me and you, Mohammed, were talking about how women, they date only to get married because they can't go live alone. I mean, that's what you were telling me about women in Iran. So. A lot of people. Yeah. For a lot of people, that is the case. Yes. Yeah. So it's not about like with what the, that's not a, related to the family dynamics. That's just kind of like the law in a way no it's not like an enforced law but that's just the, the structure there well, actually that that is that could also be a part of uh, whatever that is happening in the family because uh, living not being able to live, live alone i in many cases i see the pressure that is not coming from the law enforcement or the government or religion or even fathers but or brothers i mean uh, like uh, in, in a lot of cases, a lot of these pressures, they come from other women in their families, grandmothers and mothers and sisters, cousins, uh, who are female. And they're always, they keep telling, like, they keep telling them that you're doing the wrong thing and moving to another city. Uh, you should stick to your family. You should get married. If you, if you study, you won't be able to get a husband because you'd get old and I, I'm hearing these stuff. So, um, I would say law here and religion are uh, not the top factors for uh, women who want to get married to run away from whatever trouble they're in or the, the problems they have with their situation with their families and societies oh, okay so that is within the family then that partly partly of course i mean uh, also it depends where you live because in tehran nobody cares Except for your right, uh, like immediate neighbor, nobody cares like uh, who's living in that apartment and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, like you go to like a if you go to Kashan or you go to Yazd, definitely Tabriz. Uh, everybody has to know what's going on in your apartment. Everybody has to know uh, what is the relationship between you and the people who are knocking on your door. They report you to the police at four a.m. in the morning. So they got nothing better to do as an spy on you. And so, yeah. That I mean, makes so much are, sense considering my dad's family's from Kashan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they know. They know. They know how Kashan is. I, I used to work in Kashan and uh, so did my mom. So I, I have a history with Kashis. So uh, I got off the bus in the bus terminal and I got this cab to go to work. And uh, <clears throat> because I was going from Tehran like a couple of days a week. So I got this cab and we, uh, he started talking and he said like, yeah, I saw you last week with this other cab that was, I, was, I, was, I didn't even remember. Like, so he, he remembered me getting on a different cab the, oh my uh, God. the week before. So that's the, that's the level of Fuzuli you get there. 
So I, I hear yeah. like the stereotype for Kashi is like maybe Fuzuli and also like Tarsud. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Where do these stereotypes come from? I think it's so funny that different cities like have their own like stereotypes. Well, Meanwhile, my father was like everyone in my dad's generation, like all the people his, his cousins his age, were all born and raised in Tehran. They weren't even from Kashan, but they say that they're still Kashi. Like I think that's so funny. Like you guys didn't even live there. You like you all lived in Tehran. I'm not sure that those are stereotypes. I'm sorry, Adley, but because uh, we had this appointment with this Kashi person, and he was coming from Kashan, and he was like a, about an hour and a half late. And uh, <laughs> and he was pale and scared and he couldn't talk and we kind of like we had to uh, like massage him and give him like sweet tea to make him feel better <laughs> and explain to us he was about to have a car crash on the way here so he had to pull over and wait for an hour before he could drive again and oh my uh, god <laughs> and <laughs> he was still scared so Aaron said shout out to all the Kashis you are Tarsu. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I think maybe we should have you and David come back on for an episode to discuss uh, the different stereotypes from the different uh, cities in Iran. I would, oh, that sounds like a good episode. I would love to compare the stereotypes in Iran to the stereotypes we have here in America, because like in America, we also have certain stereotypes for certain cities, and I want to see if they're if they align with all the stereotypes in Iran mm. for certain I'm cities. Sure, uh, like Persian Americans have preserved the stereotypes better than we did. I mean, it's been uh, if anything, oh, yeah. we have kind of like, yeah. If anything, we have evolved those stereotypes a little bit, maybe. And but, we've just like held on to them. Pretty much, yeah. I think so. Even for Esfahanis, you guys have evolved because that one seems pretty like set in stone to me. Well, Wait. we tried to evolve, they didn't. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so I am right. The Esfahani one is still accurate. One Esfahani one, uh, one is that they all have like lists. So my mom, every time she say Esfahani, she say Esfahani. Like, yeah, <laughs> they don't say Khuda, they say like Khiz. Well, no, there's like a dialect within Esfahan that's like... Yeah. yeah. All these things, yeah. <laughs> I'm part Esfahani, if that helps. And Mashadis marry their own siblings, yeah. Is that still a stereotype in Iran? Okay, no, we I've save, never heard of it. to save this for this is like a little preview, yeah, for that. Yeah. For that, okay, yeah. all right. It's a good thing, actually. My family's from all over Iran. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm just like a bunch of calls away from doing a complete academic research. <laughs> but did we, did you guys, you know, say everything you wanted to say in response to that thing we read from our... No, no, I want to know. Oh, we're not even, we're, we haven't even finished the first paragraph, I guess. She disagrees with what we said. She should feel free. I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not going to be presumptuous. I mean, I ended the debate. She started. I, well, I mean, the person who wrote that isn't here to, like, contest. No, I'm saying, but if she yeah. would like to respond with more messages to you... I welcome that. I mean, because I don't think I gave the response that she was kind of looking for. I kind of talked about it from this whole other angle. I didn't mean to like... Well, I think if the angle that you didn't address is the one that is what kind of me and Natalie said in the beginning, which like we, we weren't trying to sound mean, but it's just like, yeah, join the club. We've been talking about this since January of 2019. So. Oh my God. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let me then... quickly go through this first paragraph because, uh, well, every, everybody knows everybody can, like all males can uh, date until they're 40 and even more if you got enough money, of course. Uh, <clears throat> but the, that is not the case about Iranians. The age gap, I have like uh, at least three friends from Australia, America, and uh, the other one is also white, who has got like a nine, who has, who have a nine to 11 years of age gap. Um, and they're, they're not uh, culturally or religiously conservatives. They're up, like, they're some of the most progressive people I know. So uh, that is not, that has nothing to do with like misogyny or helicopter moms and stuff like that. And, uh, 
So, or like being gay when today's until they're 40, it's just like they. No, I find out. Whoa, oddly. I can't believe. What? Sorry, okay. I said Kobe Bryant, if he had had a helicopter mom, he would be alive. <laughs> so, <I'm>, <laughs> everyone's being part of the helicopter moms, but then, okay, then don't take a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I think I would I, I would comment on that if it wasn't with his daughter. But oh, anyway. you're not famous enough to die in a helicopter crash, Natalie. So if you go to Aruba, no, none of those like, oh, three hundred dollars. Look at the Caribbean from the helicopter. We're not out of that. Yeah, you're either you're, going missing or you're staying put. No actual. Thought. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't abandon me. Yeah. There's no helicopter to car no i mean i actually this i i i someone was describing someone who does sound just like natalie so i actually i think we should meet her but lives on burden way but oh you met at la natalie no i someone was describing someone who sounded like natalie so if natalie dies we actually could replace her now wow thanks natalie i don't think i'm that replaceable but okay okay that's what kobe said and then they found lebron Adley. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm canceled. Yeah. Oh. I mean, things have never mind. I'm gonna stop. So um I'm I'm thinking maybe we should we should all go with Natalie just to make sure that you're gonna Yeah, I think yeah, we've concluded that we're actually you, all going to You guys wanna all join me on my first couple trip in my first relationship to Aruba? Uh, not necessarily join you, we go with you and we'll We're gonna spy on you. We're all gonna stocking. be your helicopter mom. Yeah. Uh, oddly Muhammad. <laughs> so, if you're gonna be real helicopter moms, can you guys like also cook for me and like bring the food to my door and like cut it for me and feed it to me? I actually yeah. I had such a intense day I've just been cooking and actually like yeah, washing Sabzi, preparing it. I made like all of this stuff for my mom's friend like my mom didn't even all i've done today is like again participate in like espionage for oh i guess i shouldn't (laughs) okay it's too early i'm helping adley with a personal project and um then help my mom with her personal projects of throwing parties and i've yeah, overall it was a very Iranian day. Yeah, it felt very Persian. Yeah, it was like the Mrs. Dalloway of being Persian. Maybe yes, that's any... what you should write the Persian Mrs. Dalloway. Well, I, ha- I have billion to. dollar novel idea, Mohammed. If you want to write it, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not, not at the novel writing today. stage of my life yet. But oh, yeah. I'm just in the like podcast shit posting phase. But I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any concluding thoughts on Aruba? I don't know. <laughs> Did we say everything there was to say? Yeah, avoid Dutch guys, don't get on helicopters. Seas have avoid sharks Dutch in them, guys. So, yeah. Don't get on helicopters. Okay, check, check. Hopefully, I'm still going. Reviewing your trip in the next episode. Something for if everyone to look together. forward to. Yeah. <laughs> if you're alive, um, if you're still. We- we survived 10 days in quarantine together. I'm pretty sure we could survive five days on a night. Okay, that doesn't then. count because all you did is probably have sex. So. <laughs> 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 See, Natalie, yeah, imagine he was your co-host. Look at the things. Amazing, you've been together for like five weeks and then, yeah, you quarantined. How do you know how long they've been together? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very accurate timeline. By the time I we were quarantining, it was like about a month and a half yeah, or okay. less, like five weeks. How did you know that? Well, maybe Adley is planning an anniversary party for you. Yeah. That's what oh, wow. <laughs> I, I think tomorrow's our Very two optimistic. months, if you want to. how you guys got COVID, not your Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Riley, why don't you roast Adley now? She doesn't know anything. I don't know enough about Adley's personal life, but he seems to know everything about mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, um... This was a good... This was like a B minus That's all, folks. Mohammed <laughs> was the most was the most entertaining. Uh Tarof not going to photo. I'm like, well, it's always say, good to have Ashley on as like, like to give our listeners perspective that there's always someone bitchier than me or Natalie. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to. We'll, do- we'll be back next week with Mohammed and David. 
to talk oh, about Persian no. stereotypes. Persian oh, stereotypes it is. Yeah. But I'm just going to start inserting like the propaganda already now to like hashtag pray for Natalie, hashtag save Natalie. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our Patreon and yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dutch guys are creepy. Yeah. Dutch guys are creepy and helicopters are not safe. And We're going to get another, another yeah. review on iTunes or whatever, Apple Podcasts, Vapid Trash, because we're, like, racist. Remember when we got trashed for, like, slamming Ashkenazi Jews? Oh, <laughs> my God. We, we, we didn't just slam Ashkenazi Jews. We slammed, like, Ashkenazi oh, Jews, yeah, Bukharians, Persians. We slammed other... everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely an Ashkenazi person wrote that. Oh, yeah, for so sure. like, yeah. before, <laughs> before writing any comment, go listen to every episode because this is what apparently all of us do. We trash everything and everyone. So. Yeah, we don't discriminate. Yeah. yeah, we don't discriminate. We trash everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody's safe. Well, I feel like this was really cleansing after the last two episodes where we were just being really healthy with like some life coaches. Like we're just oh, here yeah. to do that we're stars they're just like <laughs> we're just like you guys so um remember that column in like us magazine stars they're just like us yeah yes um, oh my Natalie, god we're just like you guys we also um we're just <laughs> as messed up as you so hopefully that's that's some sort of uh validation but it's like the longest persian exit ever i know Erexit. Uh, well, that's, that's an upcoming Ask an Iranian show. Yeah. Podcast Muhammad is from. So, yeah, we're no, doing it's an not a podcast. It's a town. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you for coming on, Muhammad and Adley. And uh, we'll be back before. anytime. Bye. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.